Hey, what's going on, Clipper people? It is me, William the Opinion Updike. Oh, and I am Positive Chuck Mockler. And we're your friendly neighborhood Clippers podcast. Yes. A couple of best friends, Clipper credential media folks. Somehow. We're bringing a lot down. Somehow we managed. <laughs> Somehow we managed to bring you a lot down Clippers five days a week. Mm-hmm. When does it come out? 7 a.m., Monday through Friday. Kill some windshield time. Make us your first listen on the way to work or when you wake up. Uh, it's a fun hang. Get informed on the clips. We'll have everything for you as soon as it happens. Yeah, absolutely. And today we're talking what you say Wednesday. Every single Tuesday we put a poll out on Twitter. We want to know what you think about a given subject. This mm-hmm. one is all about the biggest concerns about oh, the Clippers yeah. <laughs> heading into the season. So can't wait to dig into that. And then in segment two, we're looking at the front court outlook. Look, I'm going to drop this bombshell early. Whoa. I think the Clippers might have the most versatile front court in the Western Conference. Whoa! So we're going to talk about that. And then in shavings, uh, great news, Terrence Mann. Got a contract we extension. Put the, I'm going to be honest. We put this out into the ether pretty well on yesterday's episode. We put the vibe out there. <laughs> we put the vibe, you put out, the vibe there. out there. It comes back tenfold. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and we also have some Jersey talk for you, as always. Oh, yeah. So all that and more coming up right about now. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, so welcome to What You Say Wednesday. Thank you to everyone who voted over in that poll at Lockdown Clip. Uh, This is Biggest Concerns Edition. Yeah. Because for how good the preseason was, it does make sense to me. I mean, one and three. What look? If you're looking at record in the preseason, um, the question was what is your biggest Clippers concern heading into the season? The options were transition defense, turnovers, and integrating new players. I left one very big one off here that every single fan base is worried about, and that's health. Yeah. Because that's, sure, agree. It's too easy of an answer. Everyone would just say health. And it's just for sure 1A. Like, we all get it. Um, how would Before we reveal, reveal the results, how would you have voted in this? Did you vote in this? So, You're not wearing your I voted sticker. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, so, looking at this, I mean, these are all valid concerns. Yeah. Um, some of my fears about integrating new players was alleviated, so that one's kind of off for me. So far, I mean, there's still a little, I guess, some lingering stuff. Yeah. Turnovers, TBD on what that is going to look like yet. I have a sneaking suspicion it is going to be something I'm worried about. (laughs) But I think my biggest, I I would have to probably agree with the majority in that transition defense. Once again, it was the preseason, but what I saw Not a lot of strides. Not good. Yes, so transition defense won 41% of the vote for the biggest concern. Second place was integrating new players with 32%. Third place was turnovers of 27%. So, fairly even distribution of concern almost. Yeah. Um, I think... Contentious. Very contentious. I think I would have voted for transition defense as well. For the point that I just mentioned is we saw some strides on the offensive end of the floor for the Clippers in the beginning of the preseason. We saw Luke Kennard being used with more basket cuts. We saw Bledsoe and Zoo kind of forming chemistry. Um, on the pick and roll, which kind of, like you said, like integrating new players, I'm not really worried about that after seeing that. But there was no real strong... And look, we know, you know, Morris didn't play. Batum didn't play the whole preseason. Yeah. PG played very limited minutes. Um, so, but I think it's got to be transition defense. And it was just mentioned by every single Clipper 
as well. Like at some point in post-game interviews in the preseason, transition defense was brought up, and Ty Lue made a point about it too. So this team made improvements last year defensively, I think really since the acquisition of Kawhi and Paul George. I, I've said this before, but I think what this team has done defensively has been underwhelming given the personnel. Right. It's one of those things where – I think Sabrina Merchant was tweeting about this, but it's like, yeah, the pieces are there. But... You look at the names on paper, I'm like, oh, good defender. Oh, very versatile. Right. Oh, very long. <laughs> yes. And I think this is the and I think this is a product of Ty Lue's coaching. And I'm not saying he's a bad coach in that sense. The defense looks different in the playoffs. We know yeah, we know that it's like slowly molding its way towards its final form. Right. I mean, and he has had success with it even with the Clippers so yes. far. So I can't be mad at it in the postseason. Yeah, so so I understand that. But the the two things to me that, like, held this team back uh, from extending their run, even sans Kawhi, like, I still think they they probably could have made a finals if the defense had shored up a a little bit, uh, especially in, like, second-chance opportunities because those were particularly backbreaking. Yeah, those, are, yeah, those kill Especially you. when you're down so many guys, like having to defend. You know, again extending, and again and again. extending a single <laughs> possession to having to defend for like 90 seconds. I mean, like, it, that's so yeah. long. Uh, and it, But the other thing is just the easy transition buckets that we give up. You just get yourself into a hole. And we played a very methodical, plotting kind of offense. And, and now we want to get faster. And we do want to get faster. And I don't think there's anything wrong with playing along a plotting offense if you're able to get the shots that you want but it still puts you at a disadvantage if you know the team if you know you have to work so hard to get this offensive possession that you want to get the the look that you want Uh and then the other team just runs the floor and scores on you immediately (laughs) yeah right for sure that's a very good point um blank slate 2017 said offense and turnovers not totally sold on Bledsoe and Winslow could be a nightly brick fest. That's reasonable. That, that I mean, those two players, sure. I mean, if they're shooting from outside a bunch, the offense is probably not going how it should. Well, and <laughs> I think the other like concern that I have about the Bledsoe thing is like the way that he plays offense, the way that he's most effective in this offense. You know, driving into downhill. bodies downhill. Yeah. That's like a physically excruciating style of offense yeah. to play. So, yeah, I think that there are going to be nights where he's settling for shots, and it looks bad. Right. That's a good call. But the thing to keep in mind with that is he does have to save some of his body for the playoffs, assuming we make it that far. Yeah. Um, well, we will make the playoffs. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah of course. <laughs> I, I think we'll firmly make th- the playoffs, but yeah. I think that first month and a half we're going to see, like, pedal to the metal blood. So I Oh, I think he's going to start very, very strong. And then there's going to be a bit of a tapering off, which is fine, because, like, we're going to have to rest, guys. Um, I'm Jersey 74 says, I'm not confident in blood, so I'm going to be honest. And I think, for me... Compared to what? Can I can I just ask that question? Like, I get that people are down. We'll just on, karate chop the desk and- <laughs> on on Bledsoe. I I understand being down on Bledsoe in the pantheon of NBA players. I think that's fair. I'm not saying he's a top ten guard. Sure. I'm saying, what guard did you do you like better in this starting rotation? And you can pick any of the guards we traded away it's in Pat the offseason or him. I think it has to be Pat Bev. And I think, and I I mean, I'm not saying I agree, but I think that's what. It's a big loss. I think Eric Bledsoe is better. I, based on availability, I agree. And what he sure. can do. The shooting is what I think people, I think people are worried that we're not going to be able to fill the 42% from outside shooting that Pat Bev had. But 
we can have four shooters around Bledsoe at all times. We could have that, and we have Bledsoe more often. Yeah. Right? We just have to separate that 42% around the guys around Bledsoe, and Bledsoe can just do a little more in terms of driving and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, if Bledsoe's hitting- He's a better facilitator than Pat Bev. I, Pat Bev made huge strides in Absolutely. being a, a guard, and you know, I, I was impressed with the way that he was able to evolve uh, to the best of his abilities, his like north-south skill set, yeah. his floater game got great. But come on, man, it's like apples and oranges. Bledsoe <laughs> is so much younger, so much more athletic. It's a completely different look. And we've seen in the preseason. I'm also like, I'm not holding anything against someone who didn't watch the preseason. Oh, that of course makes not. Total <laughs> sense Absolutely to me. Not. Like, take your time, enjoy your free time, be with your family. Don't. Not wasted on preseason basketball, but you don't have to watch. Watch the first halves. Watch the first halves. But Bledsoe, I think, looked encouraging. I thought so. Because I think everyone had concerns about what the paint is going to look like with Bled and Zoo. And even though, like we said, it was just preseason, it looked better than I thought it was going to look, which gives me hope for when we have a full-strength squad. Yeah. Um, LOL WTF Eric. Shout out LOL WTF Eric. Haven't heard from him in a while. Hope he's doing well. Uh, says his biggest concern is Nuke Canard being colorblind and not being able to tell that that light he has is extremely green. <laughs> Valid. Hey, couldn't agree more. Um, <laughs> I think I, I like how this voting shook out. Like, I'd maybe put turnovers ahead of integrating new players because I'm just buoyed by what we've seen from the preseason. But well, and it, yeah, and when you look at who is going to have playmaking duties, right? Like that makes the tur- like the turnovers more worrisome. Like if Paul George is going to have to be handling the ball more, sure. he's a little bit more turnover prone than a normal guard. Yeah. Um, and as well as other forwards kind of handling the ball. I, I think that that makes it to me a little bit more concerning, but I suppose in that aspect, it is a little bit part of integrating new players, right? Or yeah. New it's styles kinda, of play. Yeah. It's kind of intertwined for sure. Um, we love synergy here. On we do. On it's all about upward mobility. Uh, we thank uh, everyone who voted. Vertical integration. <laughs> yeah. We thank everyone who voted. Hope you wore your sticker. Uh, Am I too high on Bledsoe? You might be, dude. Get at us. <laughs> at Locked on Clips. Coming up, we're talking the front court outlook. Uh, but first, we got to give a shout out to Sweat Block. There's few things in life that just aren't fun to talk about. One of them is excessive sweating. You know when you're sweating through one of your shirts for no reason? It's embarrassing. Some of you might know someone that has dealt with this, and it can be difficult. We know that this isn't life and death. There are much worse problems in the world. But let's be honest. In the moment, it feels like a big deal. Nobody likes to pit out during an important speech, interview, or first date. Heaven forbid. I'd rather not worry about it. That's why the people use Sweatblock Antiperspirant Wipes. Sweatblock is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before dead time. Go to bed. Dream your sweatless dreams. The next morning, you wake up, wash, and go about your day without worrying about sweat. Guaranteed. No more pitting out. No more picking shirts based on which one will hide sweat better. If you or someone you love is dealing with this, you have to check out Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with promo code Locked On, all capital letters, one word, or go to Amazon and CVS. But again, if you want to save 20%, go to sweatblock.com. Use promo code Locked On. Okay, so we're back, and we're talking about the front court outlook. Uh, we talked a little bit about integrating new players in the last segment, but this is just kind of looking at what this front court is going to look like, talking about the, the, the weaknesses and strengths. Yeah. Where, where should we kick this off? I think we should... talk about the surge news. Yeah, there's some good news today. Surge is going to be playing some three-on-three on, three on uh, October 12th, which okay. is great. Next step, he'll be working his way to five-on-five. Going to be honest, maybe throw in some four-on-four four in there. Um... <laughs> Training wheels, baby steps. <laughs> he won't be ready for opening night. But he did say he's not too far from a return. Great. 
Good news. Yeah, this this is positive. Uh, I'm surprised. I guess I'm not surprised given it's the Clippers, but personally, I'm a little surprised that we didn't get more news of this sooner, like in the offseason. Yeah. I think, well, this came from Tomer, I think, just asking Serge directly. Yeah, yeah, because I, we were the team's kind not gonna of tell us shit. <laughs> given the impression that Serge was going to be like, available, right? Like, a little bit. Isn't that what I, – I, it felt like that was what we were led to believe. It's, it's weird either way. Yeah. Anything with injuries, if you're a new Clippers fan, get used to clandestine injury talk uh um, soreness that lasts for oh god months yeah how are we feeling going into the season with no surge we have zoo and we gotta assume it's hartenstein right i th- i would think so i, I, I would be, be pretty surprised if it's i would be but those last two showings in the preseason were i i mean i hope really telling for what hartenstein could be able to do in the regular season and we like he's gonna be a gadget guy it seems like Ty Lue can use him in a variety of ways especially compared to harry giles no disrespect to harry giles um it just feels like it's got to be hard well and i mean this to me is kind of like best case scenario you know in the off season we you know weren't sh- sure about surge's availability <laughs> well, third Sunday watch had some rough names on it yeah in the we, off season. <laughs> we weren't sure if zoo was going to be ready to go opening night um so we were just looking for a body like quite yeah. literally like so much time had passed and so many names were off the market yep uh, that we went to just getting anybody to getting someone who provides a completely different look from what the Clippers have had uh, at the second or third center, however you want to view it. Because uh, normally that's For gone to a some- while. Yeah, normally that's gone to somebody who like their only positive skill set is like some three point shooting. Big shoot. <laughs> not not really defenders. Kind of rarely prototypical size. It, it's kind of rare for the Clippers to have this many like true center size. Big centers. guys, yeah. Um, and of course, you know the the passing. Uh, his court vision is nuts. I'm, I'm it curious, is impressive. Like, it I, is very good. I think while Surge is like slowly working his way back, there's going to be nights where it's like maybe we should just be seeing more Hartenstein. <laughs> he's well, and he's he might get some run depending on what this this schedule looks like and Surge's return, like. There's going to be nights where we maybe have to rest Surge. Yeah. Which oh, yeah. isn't crazy. Um, when Surge does come back to 100%, we're still wanting Zoo to start. Right? I just – it worked in the playoffs. It, it, it's been – he's kind of had the Reggie Bev situation with, like, who's the starting center because of availability. Like, I think it's got to be Zoo. I think I, – I'm with you there. I think it has to be Zoo, both because he's probably the best defender of any five that we have. And also, is. offensively, he, you know, he, everyone loves to Dude, he do pick and roll with, with Zoo. Anybody. He listens to his teammates. He sets great screens. Yeah. And, like, sure, he can't space the floor at all, but he demands gravity in a different sort of way. Yeah. Um, he bought, he seals guys off. Like, yeah. he regularly kind of has to deal with pushing two guys out of the way. He's almost like an offensive lineman sometimes who's, like, chip-blocking different dudes. I think if you're not sold or you're not or, – or, like, you're worried about Bledsoe, too – Zoo is your best bet to have out there on the floor with him. Sure, I mean, like... Well, he's played with them more reps. Like, Surge and Bledsoe, I'd be worried just because there's no reps there. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like, I understand the concern about, you know, the spacing if there's only three shooters out there that's and those the, two that's guys. That's the biggest thing. But how dominant these two can be in the paint. And, like, the, I just think they're going to get into some, some interesting things um through the pick and roll maybe they'll even be able to utilize a little bit of zoo's passing in the short roll and i think we'll see some um, well because when you think so right like the preseason think about you got bled and zoo out there and then the regular season is going to be some combination of like 
Batum, Mook, PG. Like, there's shooters out there with them. Oh, yeah, and yeah, so, definitely. We saw it, you know. And so the pass out of the shore from Zoo is going to be easier because the guys are going to be gravitating, you know, pulling towards Bled. Zoo showed last year kind of a nice little jump out of the short roll passing. So it's going to be a big I, – I know we say this every year, but I feel like it's going to be a big year for Zoo's passing. <laughs> this is the year, baby. <laughs> this is it. Uh, also, just back to your point of we didn't even get to see Bledsoe and Zoo in the most effective lineups like that can be around them yes, because real of lineups. the preseason. Yeah. yeah. So it's still looking pretty good in those minutes, I feel like, is doubly affirming. <laughs> That's a super good call. The only the only reason I, I would see to change uh, like is if the spacing did really become an issue. If, if it you, just looks horrendous, Ty yeah, will change it. Yeah, if we're not able to, to kind of get the looks that we want, um, the, then I can see, you know, trying something else. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then... Ty Lue mentioned he's going to be running a nine-guy rotation, which I think is my biggest bugaboo. Even when Surge is back, where are we going to see this rotation? Because I think it's going to be Hartenstein and Winslow swapping out for kind of like that 10th spot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not sure where that puts Brandon Boston Jr. Yeah, so I, I'm not fully I, – I don't know if I'm fully – with Ty on the same page on this one. I think that they're... We just have a deep team, so it's like... I understand his stance. Play one more guy than a playoff rotation. (laughs) Or play a couple more guys than one more than a playoff rotation. Yeah, I mean, I think... I understand where he's coming from in that you're down one of your best players, so you kind of do have to play things a little bit tighter. Uh, I just don't know that it needs to be that tight through for a full 82 games. And maybe it is just this first month and a half. Yeah. Maybe for the home games, it's like... But, like, it just – I can't see a scenario in which we're just playing even 10 guys. I think it's going to depend on the matchup. You know, like, we didn't we didn't get super context on this quote. Uh, yeah. But, you know, he he's not talking about, like, a noon game. He's talking about – Right. Look, we don't – we just can't drop very many games this year. There's – In the d- beginning? D- no. Being down uh, – you know, being down somebody of Kawhi's caliber means that it's going to be a lot harder to win some games that we could have walked over sure. last year. Yeah. Um, or, you know, only shown up for a quarter. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Which the Clippers have a tendency to do sometimes. Yeah. So I, I understand the thought process, but I hope it's not truly that tight. Yes. Um, all right. We're going to do front court weaknesses and then end on front court strengths. Um, front court weaknesses. Let's talk about kind of guard containment. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like, e- Zoo and Hart will probably both get hunted by guards to a certain degree. Sure. Um, they're probably getting burned on that switch about every single time. I put a note in here later kind of for strengths, but we don't really know what Hart's defense looks like yet in a, a real NBA in a real NBA situation. Yeah. So, I think I agree with this point. This is probably going to be the biggest point of weakness for the front court. So... And this is also kind of on the defense around them, though, right? Like it's gonna, yeah, it's gonna involve you know having to think ahead and communicate switches and to make sure that you know either one of these guys isn't getting left out in in no sure, man's just hung out to dry, and, yeah, yeah, in a in a bad scenario. And the thing that kind of gives me hope for this issue is I believe that Zoo has 
improved his defensive communication every single season. Sure. Couldn't agree I, more. I, I really do. From where he started to, you know, when he was unplayable in that first playoffs to now, I, I think he's made a huge leap. And what we've seen already from Hartenstein is that he's super communicative on defense. And <clears throat> I'm hoping that that'll translate and he'll feel empowered to do that in the regular season. Uh, this is, man, if he doesn't end up on this team, this is going to be wild. We're going to have to delete like half this episode. <laughs> I'm going to be furious. Um, and then you have one note in here that I kind of agree with. Uh, so I hate to point out health. Like, you, you know I do. It's a concern for everybody. But, I mean, two of our main rotation power forwards are comfortably in their 30s. You know, they're both 32. <laughs> That's not comfortably. Uh, I'm a 32-year-old. <laughs> I'm very uncomfortable. And our, I mean, our youngest power forward is like Winslow, still 25 years old. Um, and I guess... <clears throat> I, I guess I'm wondering if these guys are ready for what could be a brutal season, especially if the rotation is as tight as what we've heard. Yes. It's going to be tough, man. It's going to be tough. And, uh, <laughs> you know, Winslow, even being 25, he comes with his own injury concerns. Yes, he does. And if anyone else misses time around these guys, it's like, you know, it's, it's like when you have an injury and you have to compensate more on another leg. Like, it's right. going to put a lot of extra burden on these guys. Yeah. Whew. All right, let's start. Let's do strengths now. Yes, absolutely. Uh, passing out of the short roll for Zoo. Kind of already talked about this. Um, kind of passing in general for our front court because Hartenstein can apparently pass the ball from anywhere yeah. on the court, which is going to be great. It's going to open up a lot of stuff. Um, Surge brings spacing. Yeah. Obviously. I'm wondering if Hartenstein is going to be working on this during the year. And I don't mean this in a let heart shoot kind of way. I mean it in like a. Oh, nice little elbow jumper. Yeah. Or, like, something like that. Because Hartenstein has, like, dude, he's a skilled guy. Yeah. Like, he can handle the ball away from the basket. And if he has, again, I haven't watched a lot of him um, just preseason. But if he can add kind of, you know, a big floater or something like that, or kind of Zoo has that little hook shot, like, that kind of stuff, a little further from the basket, that opens everything up for this, like, I guess what we should call the whirlpool offense with like <laughs> canard cutting and all this other stuff like that. I'm really interested to see what Hart can bring in spacing from his shooting because the passing's going to open up a lot of spacing too. Oh, yeah. his I mean, like his vision is so good. Um, so, I, look, I mentioned this up top, but like... Yeah, you had a hot take to start this show. I feel like the Clippers have the most versatile front court in the Western Conference. Um you know, we got Batum and Morris uh, will both play at the four. Yeah. They can space the floor. Either one of them can get their own shot. Either one of them can put the ball on it, on the deck. They can both defend at a high level, essentially across all five positions. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that's crazy. And then Winslow, too, who will be spending some time at the four, I would imagine. Look, he's another capable defender. He can handle the ball a bit. I wasn't initially impressed with his, like, point forward abilities, but I, I think it was just a little bit of rust he was shaking off. I, of I, I do think it looked a little bit better um and it is just an additional thing plus we just we do need the defense i i think at the wing is, yeah. is a big thing let's be a defensive team uh and like the ability to go small while still maintaining length uh is like an extra little wrinkle that i think is gonna flummox oh, yeah. even the best defensive front courts in the western conference that's a good call yeah we have the we have the big small lineups yeah which is 
my favorite kind of lineup the Clippers are going to run. Because my thing is like, how do you counter it? Like, if your yeah. if your center can't cover a lot of ground, they're gonna have, there's going to be open driving lanes for guards or open threes. Yeah. Uh, and if you go small, I, I mean, how small do you go? Because Morris will post up on somebody like <laughs> he doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's a good call. I might. He'll dump us, on your tiny center. Let us know if you think the Clippers have the most versatile <clears throat> front court uh, in the Western Conference. I like this take. Coming up, we're talking Terrence Mann's fantastic extension, as well as just a bit of some Jersey talk. But first, Will, Built Bars. What are they? Okay, so you you may have heard us talk about Built Bar before. If you haven't, it's the best-tasting protein bar on the market. But did you know that it has so many delicious flavors? There's truly something for everyone. It's really cool. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. They got coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange cookies and cream, and German chocolate. You know what my favorite flavor is? Mm. Orange, because orange and chocolate is one of the worst worst combinations in the world and i like to feel angry at when i'm eating a protein bar it makes my muscles stronger smart uh if you haven't tried all the flavors you can get a mixed box and you'll get two of each of the nine flavors which you know you're gonna have a little sampling of everything oh yeah but not only are built bar flavors the best tasting they're also healthy check out these macros you can get 17 to 18 grams of protein calories ranging from 130 to 180 calories only four to five grams sugar and only four to five grams net carbs amazing flavors all tasty all healthy and if you order today you can get the grasshopper cookie or the raspberry or whatever you like with this special offer go to built.com and use promo code locked on and you'll get 15 percent off your order use promo code locked on for 15 percent off at built.com all right welcome to shavings hey we're back hey it's shavings uh terrence mann signed a two-year 22 million dollar contract extension with the Woo! los angeles clippers we talked about it a little bit yesterday, just wondering when it was going to happen. Uh, the 12th was when it happened, so that was great. Um, this has his pay schedule set up as for the 21-22 season, $1.8 million. 22-23 season, $1.9 million. Then he gets the pay bump of all pay bumps. 23-24 season, $11 million. 24-25 season, $11 million. This lines him up with Kawhi and Paul George in terms of contracts. He'll be here for the Intuit Dome. And this contract makes him, and I know we talked about how maybe it makes, if he were to get a contract, depending on what it looked like on yesterday's episode, how maybe it makes him more tradable. This version of this contract makes him less tradable, which I love. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely interesting because... It'd be kind of weird to move him before the contract kicks in because you brought up a great point that, like, sure, I mean, if he was thrown into it, it's weird because if he's thrown into a deal now, you're not getting a player back for the same for the same rate of what he's getting paid now. But yeah, at like the same you're going to trade a guy who's only making one point eight million dollars for someone who's good enough to make eleven million, but then the other team has to somehow compensate for this 11 like 10 million dollar jump in salary yeah yeah it's very bizarre but i love it because i, I love it i mean trade? i love the extension for sure i think it's great but it i still think that this keeps him as an asset yeah which we talked a lot about uh on yesterday's episode just just talking about people's questions of guys who could get traded um but yeah it, it makes the it makes the cap mathematics a little bit more complicated sure but I mean, I think this is a great showing of faith from the organization. Yeah. Um, and, man, Kit, 
could you be more psyched for a guy to get like a thousand percent raise? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think he might be a UFA after 24-25. So he'd be in line to get. If we extend him, though, I think, don't we retain his rights? I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. I'd have to look at I'd have to read a book or something. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm just hyped. Cap genius William Updike. <laughs> yeah. I'm just psyched he's here for the Intuit Dome. Yeah. That's 100%. great. Shout out Terrence Mann. I hope he retires a Clipper. Yes. Has to. Um, they'll, they'll, they'll rename it the Man Cave. Yeah, perfect. Um, finally wrapping it up. So there for sure is a new jersey coming out. The Clips just haven't revealed it yet. Um, Clippers Uni Watch on Twitter. Great account. Go ahead and follow it. Had some good info today on their page. They're going to be wearing whatever the new version of the City Edition is 11 times this season, which maybe not sound like much, but uh, last season, the City Editions were the second most worn jerseys of the Clippers. Yeah, and I would imagine the number was similar to that the year before. Yeah, like close to the 20s, maybe something like that. (laughs) Is this in any way, is this scheduling any way indicative of the fact that maybe the team isn't hyped on the design? Because the rollout for the Mr. Cartoon... First of all, Mr. Cartoon 2 jerseys, fantastic. The rollout was wonderful. The finished product was great. They looked awesome on the court. And I love things that are actually like unique to a city in which the... Yes, and know. I think it taught people a lot of stuff. I think people learned about the history of a part of Los Angeles yeah. through these designs. Dude got a Modelo commercial after that. Look! That's the that, that you made. That's it. the dream. That's the dream. Um, you got take. a Modelo, Modelo commercial. You cannot fail. I don't think we will ever get a Modelo commercial, which sucks. But um, we can dream. We can dream. Are you worried that these might suck in comparison to the Mister Cartoon ones? Of course. Are you, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, look, man. This, this team, in my opinion, like one of the reasons I could understand if you were a neutral fan looking for a team to follow. One of the reasons the Clippers probably wouldn't make your short list is because of the jerseys. Casual fan, it makes sense. Absolutely. And There have been some bright spots, especially in recent years. I was a fan of the nautical jerseys. I know not everyone loved them. Someone po- Oh, someone corrected. That's not lightning on the... No. It's it's a sale. <laughs> yeah. Which is clutch. <laughs> it's, mul- it's multiple sales. It just... I couldn't, thi- I, I couldn't think the other day when I was Solid speaking. So I was like, you know, you know what I mean? It's like the lightning bolt. Um, I'm a moron. So, but Voltron's yes, thank you, for, thank you for the clarification. I believe that's, I believe that's an elector. Um, <laughs> an electrode. <laughs> I also thought the Olympics-inspired ones were good. Were, I really actually we saw like a guy in a Shea, in a number two Shea in those city jerseys. At, at the preseason game. That's yeah. a clean-looking jersey, buddy. I know, But some people kind of shat on that jersey, too. I thought that one was a good one. And the cartoon ones were, all, I mean, Elite. obviously a highlight. Fantastic. Um, kind of interesting to see what happens. We'll keep you posted on all the uh, the jersey hubbub. Yeah. For sure. Uh, Thursday's episode, Thirsty Thursday, talking about what we want to see more of or what we want to see in general from the Clippers this year. Some wing talk. Talk kind of the big guys today. Talk the wings tomorrow. Then, of course, whatever else happens between now and then in Clipperland, Will, where can these fantastic listeners uh, listen to our podcast or tell people to listen to our podcast? So you can check out our podcast on mikesbigpodcast.com. We're also on uh, Love Mike's <laughs> We're also on Amazon Music. We're on uh, Apple iTunes as well as the podcast app. We're on Google Music. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitch. We're on Deezer. You can always tell your smart speaker to play Locked on Clippers. It works. If you wanted to help this show out, heading into the season, go ahead and leave a rating or review over at iTunes or on the podcast app. Five stars. It helps us out. Unfortunately, oh, yeah. Big Mike doesn't allow 
reviews on his podcast website. So what Big Mike's do? got a lot of issues going. He's on. got a lot of issues. Uh, anyways, we mentioned up top, but we do come at you five days a week, Monday through Friday, seven a.m. Pacific. We hope to have you rocking with us. We absolutely do. Kill some windshield time. You know? Yes. Why not? Make us your first listen. I have been positive, Chuck Mockler. And I am William the Opinion Updike. As always, we appreciate you.